The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. I hope everybody's having a good 4th of July weekend. There's not a lot of boxing action, at least if you're talking North American United States fight cards. It's in a little bit of a lull, but we are here nonetheless on Big Fight Weekend kind of giving you an update on what happened last weekend and looking ahead to Thurman and Pacquiao. I am your somewhat capable host. I have enlisted the help, and look, he's right here with me, of the lead writer, the purveyor, the guy that oversees the site, BigFightWeekend.com. Hello, Marquise Johns. Happy holiday weekend. How you feeling? Pretty good, JJ. Once again, happy market day to you as well. (laughs) So uh, we have been in the celebratory mood. We've survived the fireworks. We've survived all the food. Am I I underestimating it this weekend? Is there really some decent fight action somewhere? Are we in kind of a lull this weekend? What's the deal? For the most part, it's kind of a low TJ boxing-wise. The one note for card that's happening that everyone has to see because it's the only thing available is Saturday Eastern, uh, 10 a.m. If you get your breakfast cereal, you can watch MTK Global has their card out of Kazakhstan, which has the Bantamweight champion, uh, Nadine Ubali, who is taking on, hopefully, once he surpasses this, the monster Inoue, hopefully a unification bout, which should be interesting. But outside of that fight, there's not too much else going on. There's one lightweight title fight in an obscure fight card. But again, my man Marquise is all over it. He's going to be previewing it on BigFightWeekend.com. And so uh, you've got the opportunity, obviously, to catch up and see that. So uh, we're going to have some fun. we got uh, Keith Thurman, one-time Thurman, and Manny Pacquiao getting ready to fight coming up on pay-per-view in Las Vegas two weeks from now on Saturday night, July 20th. You getting amped up for this fight a little bit, just as an opening comment? Absolutely. This is the fight we've been waiting for at least five years. And at this point, I can see the anticipation building forward to the point where everyone and their grandma wants to see this fight somewhere, someplace. And I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. So uh, Thurman undefeated. Thurman off of an injury that had him sidelined, a couple of injuries actually, that had him sidelined for almost two years. Fought earlier this year and won by 12-round decision um, to successfully defend his version of the welterweight championship. Now he's fighting the legend Manny Pacquiao, seven-division world champion. And we're going to have some fun, you and I, because we scampered. We're local in the Tampa Bay area, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater. We scampered over to the St. Pete Boxing Club, didn't we, to check things out? Absolutely. Historic venue in beautiful South St. Pete, (laughs) located as about as far as St. Pete as you can possibly get, but lots of history there, lots of boxers as well, and one of them, of course, being training training for this fight upcoming on the July 20th in Keith one-time tournament. And so one time is working out at the St. Pete Boxing Club, and his longtime trainer, Dan Birmingham, who I have, I say this all the time on the podcast, I have known Dan for going on almost 30 years. He invited us to come over, see the camp, talk to him. Uh, so the fans are going to enjoy hearing from Dan Birmingham in a few moments, right? Absolutely. Dan's a straight shooter, and he does not disappoint when he talk, we talked to him at the, at the gym earlier today while going over to any practice. It pretty much does this sparring session they had with uh, Keith Thurman uh, and others out there. Oh, yeah. All right, so Thurman's getting ready. I uh, want to tell you that coming up in a few minutes, we're going to have the GOAT here, the greatest of all time, boxing promotions uh, from Houston, Texas. Antoine Williams will be back with us. Uh, Antoine, very interestingly, was at the Jamal Charlo world title fight with Brandon Adams, the PBC main event back last Saturday night on Showtime. So he has some thoughts on that fight. Um, including the injury to Charlo. Before we get to what Antoine has to say, give me the quick Marquise recap and thoughts on how Charlo looked and if this is a significant hand injury, what does it mean for his future? 
Charlo looked pretty impressive point-wise and scoring-wise in the fight itself. Not the most expected spectacular fight against uh, Brandon Adams who visibly on my TV which isn't the biggest TV in the world looks smaller on the screen than in person but the crowd was for it it was a hometown fight the hometown kid won won decisively his hand which was broken he said in the second round of the fight if he's going to be out for a while it will be interesting to see how soon he recovers from that to, re- to hopefully uh, make this next defense for his uh, newly acquired WBC official championship belt middleweight belt yeah, because they gave Canelo Alvarez the franchise championship, right, the franchise tag. Yeah, even the franchise tag, which essentially means he can fight whenever he wants under this franchise rules tag, under WBC rules. Something they just created. Absolutely. It's all land of make-believe with WC boxing. <laughs> so anyway, what will happen with Charlo? We'll talk some more about Antoine Williams, who was on scene, on location in Houston for that. And who might Canelo fight next? I mean, we're seeing reports that maybe it's Jaime Munguia. Uh, might it be Demetrius Andrade, who is also a, a 160-pound champion? I'm disappointed. I don't know about you. I'm going to talk to Antoine about this, but Marquise, real quick, it, it's got to be a, a name. We can't we can't go along in his 10-fight deal, and and every second, third fight of the deal is a nobody. Two out of every three, three out of every four. I think Canelo is taking the same strategy. I'm guessing Triple G is doing, where you get one big fight name, and in the meantime, you get one of these tune-up fights per se and you get to pick names like Boo Boo Andrade who he's mentioned as well or people Jaime Munguia you know regular names that you wouldn't want to see personally because it's the Mexican Independence holiday you you were assuming that you do have the Canelo Triple G three hop trilogy wrapped up by now and we don't have to wait to see Triple G at age 58 uh, going against a a Canelo who's on his way out but in the meantime that's looking like it's going to be the case and we'll get to sit and wait as they go for the litany and grocery list of names one thing I want to mention as well uh, since they haven't really confirmed any names of these every boxer's been coming out of the woodworks of this I've seen late last night uh, Julian J-Rock Williams wants a shot at Canelo which always is interesting to me because when you don't confirm a fight except for September you get everyone in their grandma wanting to get a shot at it and rightfully so and we'll just wait and see who he actually picks up especially after what Andy Ruiz did on short notice uh, to defeat Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight title. Now, that's an extreme. It's a rarity. But these guys see that, too, and say, hey, I might land the lucky punch. I might cash in. Why not go for it if, if Canelo's willing to sign the deal? You can't blame them for that real quick, right? Not at all. If anything is possible, and if you get one chance and just one punch to get in there, why wouldn't you? Yeah. All right, so we'll see how it plays out with where Canelo signs up. And again, Antoine Williams and I will be talking about that in a little bit. Right now on Big Fight Weekend, Dan Birmingham, longtime trainer for unbeaten welterweight champion Keith Thurman. He's got Manny Pacquiao in his sights on pay-per-view in a couple of weekends. And Marquise and I stopped by the St. Pete Boxing Club to get a chance to say hello to Dan. Check in on Thurman's camp. Here you go. All right, so here we are at the legendary St. Pete Boxing Club. My man, Dan Birmingham, who I like to joke always still returns my phone call and my text message, has allowed us to be here as Keith Thurman trains to get ready for the World Welterweight title showdown on pay-per-view with Manny Pacquiao. The time we're talking, first of all, good to see you. At the time we're talking, we're about two weeks out from the fight. What is this like right now, getting your guy ready for what's a huge fight? Good to see you too, TJ. Uh, it's it's a dream come true. I mean, Manny Pacquiao brings a whole country. He brings a wealth of fans. And we're excited about this showdown. He's a good, talented fighter. He deserves this fight with Keith. And uh, we're going to win this fight. 
Well, I, I know that the last time that we were around you, it was before the Lopez fight earlier this year. Keith had been out of action for almost two full years. Now that you've gotten that fight out of the way, gotten a victory, how much more confidence has come from that for Keith to get ready for this one? Well, confidence was never a problem for Keith. Keith was always a confident fighter, whether he had the time off or not. And that confidence you'll see when he fights Manny Pacquiao. All right, uh, you know, a lot of people look at this and, uh, and say, hey, Las Vegas, pay-per-view, Hall of Fame fighter that you're going against. It's always a challenge to get your guy locked in, some more than others, but how do you put all of that aside, the opponent that you're fighting, put all of that aside and all the hype aside that's going to go on the next two weeks? Uh, I really don't have to have Keith be, shall we say, focused, because he stays focused. He stays focused all the time. He's focused on his task. He knows what he has to do. We've been studying Manny Pacquiao in and out. We're ready and prepared for a tough fight. All right, I got Marquise Johns here with me from Big Fight Weekend and BigFightWeekend.com. You got something for Dan Birmingham? I do, actually. Dan, the, the, the talking and leading up to this fight has been incredible. Uh, both you and uh, Freddie have been going at it. Both Manny and Keith have been going at it. The one quote I wanted to mention to you was, Freddie said recently in a press release that Keith looks slower than Heinz Ketchup. Uh, what do you really... <laughs> What do you say, Dean, in regards to that? Well, I think Freddie was very slow himself when he was fighting, but there's nothing slow about Keith. Friday night, you'll see him be sharp, be quick, and we will be also victorious. Well, uh, so many times uh, trainers, promoters try to sell a fight, hype a fight. You know this, right? So, uh, it's all part of the deal, isn't it? I don't think this fight needs sold. Uh, the fact that Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman are getting in the ring is a, is a sales is a sales pitch in itself. In, in tactically, Pacquiao obviously, as I mentioned, seven division world champion. What, what's the challenge or are there a couple of challenges when you look at him, when you watch him? Well, we want to slow him down. We want to work the body. We want to try to take his legs away because that's his biggest asset. He's got quick hands and quick legs. If we take them legs away, we're going to take them hands away at the same time. Anything else, Marquise, for Dan Birmingham? Uh, yes. Uh, how is Keith Lee looking so far this training camp in regards to uh, preparation for Manny Pacquiao? How's the, how's the camp going? The, the preparation is just fantastic. Aunt Kim, I can't give her enough credit. She does a great job. And uh, the, whole key, the whole camp with Chris Getty, and uh, everybody's focused on what Keith has to do. So we can't wait for this fight. When you are at this stage, again, about 10 days or so out, are you working normally like you have been all camp? Are you tapering off? When does the tapering off begin? How does that part work? Uh, yes, we actually are tapering off. Uh, the camp starts out grueling, very tough. And then the last few weeks we're winding down so he can recuperate and recover and all the injuries heal so he's ready fight night. All right, uh, we've had a blast hanging out here. Uh, Dan Birmingham, best of luck. You've been in there so many times with other world championship fighters. I know it's kind of second nature, but for a guy that has lived in this area, the Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area, Marquise has been around this area for a while too. I say this with pride. It's a thrill to be around you, to be around these fighters, and it's going to be special and it's going to be fun on pay-per-view. Uh, we were joking earlier. I went to the, I didn't tell you the story yet. I went to the movies with my daughters, and the movie theater is publicizing Pacquiao 
Thurman being shown at the movie theater on July the 20th. I mean, there's something special when you see that. Oh yeah, everybody's blowing this fight up. It's, it's going worldwide. We're just so excited with all the publicity and everything. Thank you and good luck, sir. Thank you to TJ. All right, Marquise, we were there. Love talking to that guy as I have for so many years with Winky Wright winning junior middleweight and middleweight titles. Jeff Lacey is a super middleweight champion. Now Keith Thurman is a middleweight champion. I know we're both smiling at each other. Those are local names that we know from the Tampa Bay area in West Central Florida that have become worldwide stars. And Keith Thurman now on pay-per-view. Talk about the realization of a dream, a pay-per-view fight with Manny Pacquiao. Absolutely incredible. I remember seeing Keith Thurman when he was starting with four rounds at the a la carte pavilion locally here in Tampa, which seats on a good, <laughs> a seats on a good day. Mm, fire hazard-wise, 2,000 if you include the staff and buffet members and the ring car girls. Now he's fighting at the MGM Grand in the grandest stage of all and what will more than likely be the biggest fight of 2019, hands down. Wow. All right. So anyway, good stuff with Dan Birmingham, and there'll be much more media coverage as the fight draws closer. That's in two weeks, not this weekend, not next week, but on the weekend of the 20th on pay-per-view. And like I joked with Dan, I'm serious. I'm standing there at the movie theater, and I, I don't know, again, Marquise, we got to look into it, if it is nationwide at all the Regal Cinemas or if they're just kind of doing it regionally in some parts of the country. Uh, like, for example, you would want to do it in the Tampa Bay area where Thurman is known, where they're going to have this fight on in movie theaters. Absolutely. This, this fight's going to be seen all over the world internationally and, and locally as well. And the fact that it's being shown in movie theaters shows you how impressive this fight and how important this fight really is for boxing. Because I couldn't name it the last boxing card it's been since I've seen in the movie theaters. When, when was it been? Like Tyson in the 80s maybe? When it, maybe. Closed circuit television, the, old, the good old days. We had to get the brick to make sure you had to bootleg it. And it's amazing what... what with Keith Furman coming from where he's from, being from this locally here, it's, it's, it's great to see that he's on this big stage. And hopefully we'll see what happens in regards to the fight uh, later on in two weeks. I know that guy, uh, Dan Birmingham, very low-key, very experienced. He'll be great for him. So it was a great conversation there. Marquis, stand by. we got another interview coming up here. We're going to talk more about Jamal Charlo's middleweight title win on his own and what the future might be for Canelo Alvarez. Let's do that now as part of Big Fight Weekend. We do roll along on this edition of Big Fight Weekend, and I always love getting to catch up with this guy. It has been far too long. The GOAT is here, the greatest of all time boxing promotions out of Houston, Texas, and the guy that runs that and is always a great guest with me here on Big Fight Weekend is Antoine Williams. Antoine, it is good, uh, it's always good to hang out with you. Hopefully you survived July 4th. We did in my house in West Central Florida, went and saw some fireworks, the neighborhood amateur hour, uh, amateur two hours, uh, finally knocked off at the time that we're taping. You survived in Houston. No uh, no major incidents. You didn't have to go out and knock anybody out like Deontay Wilder to get the fireworks to stop? No, no. This year we didn't have to do any of that. You know, uh, it was a good day, a good night. You know, the fireworks went late into the early morning. But uh, we're done with that, and now it's time to move on to Big Fight Weekend and talk <laughs> boxing. I'm glad we're I done with those fireworks. I love it. All right, so speaking of fireworks, you were there. You were on scene in Houston for Jamal Charlo's uh, battle the other night with Brandon Adams, uh, the PBC Showtime uh, main event where Charlo won a lopsided 12-round decision. Um, okay, so let's begin with that. Charlo was impressive, but what, what was the scene like there um, at the NRG Arena, right next to where the big stadium is, where the Houston Texans play. Give us an idea of the flavor, the scene, and the Charlo title fight that you attended last weekend. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, TJ. What a, what a way to bring back Charlo. 
here to his hometown, Houston, Texas. I can't believe it. We're one week removed from that entire event. It was amazing. I mean, you know, he brought out the who's who of the city. I mean, there was all types of uh, artists there. You know, you had celebrities in the building. You know, uh, Zero brought Charlo down to the ring. Zero is one of Houston's, you know, top music artists, and he actually brought him down to the ring. That was pretty impressive in itself. Um, it was it was an amazing atmosphere. You it, you know, the last time I seen an atmosphere like that in Houston when I went to a fight. I would probably compare it to something like Canelo Alvarez bringing his Mexican base since Mexico's right, you know, right around the corner, almost from Houston um, when he fought James Kirkland mm -hmm. and he sold out, he sold out the, uh, the Minute Maid stadium, which is our baseball stadium, by the way. Um, another fight that I can remember kind of comparing to this Charlo fight was when I went to uh, Eric Morales, you know, who has a huge Mexican fan base when he took on Danny Garcia here, at this, at this same arena, which was NRG Arena. So, yes, the, the, the uh, atmosphere was explosive. It was second to none. Um, Charlo had his family. He had friends from high school, he mentioned, that had come out to see him who hadn't come out to a fight in a long time. And uh, I think the fight delivered. You know, Adams was tough. Brandon Adams was tough. Charlo went on, went on record and said that, uh, you know, the contender was real. And these are his words. He said, the contender was real, but there's definitely levels to this boxing game, TJ. Well, right, and what you're referencing is that Brandon Adams had won season five, I believe, if I have it correctly, of The Contender, the television show that is now being shown on Epic's premium cable TV channel. Uh, he had won four fights in a six-month period, uh, and, and actually, I believe, if I have this correct, had beaten Shane Mosley Jr., in the championship, you know, air quotes, in the title fight for the contender to, to get the contender championship. So we knew Adams uh, had been on a win streak, and I think it says something, obviously, for Jamal Charlo that he admitted after this fight he hurt his left hand early on in the fight. Um, elaborate for me, you, you could tell early on that something was up. I mean, it's easy to say it after the fight, but you could tell something was up early on in this fight from Jamal Charlo, right, injury-wise. Yeah, I did. I did. I was right there. I had great seats. I was three rows from the ring, which was awesome. Um, so I had a very good view. I could see, you know, Jamal's corner was pretty close to me. Errol Spence was to my left, which was about one row um, above me to my left. You know, what better position can you be than that to have seats like that with Errol Spence to your left sitting there, you know, cheering on Charlo. But yeah, to answer your question, he was, he hurt his hand in the second round um, and it was pretty noticeable because Charlo started, you know, wincing in pain. He started, uh, rubbing the hand, you know, a couple rounds later, which if Adam's team, Freddie Roach in his corner would have, uh, would have noticed that. I don't know if they did or didn't, but he surely didn't tell Adams to go to, uh, try to take, take away the left hand because the left hand is very important. TJ, that's, that's the jab. Charlo has one of the best jabs in the sport, by the way, mm -hmm. you know, that's what, it's everything up for the right hand and the uppercut, and he has a wonderful uppercut, which he loves to throw. And so, yeah, he hurt the, he hurt the left hand around the second round. He said that in the post-fight interview, and I think Adams may have <laughs> contributed to that because he has the hard head, I think. And uh, uh, Charlo really just, I feel, couldn't maybe get him out of there, poss partially because he hurt the left hand. I mean, you know, you need that left hand to set up everything else with the right. That's, well, that's the way it goes. And give a lot of credit to Charlo because he continued to throw punches with that left hand after the injury. And you could you could clearly tell after the fight when they were taking the glove off uh, on the on the Showtime 
audio, you could you could tell he was he was hurting, and you could hear the corner man saying, "I got you, I got you." He knew he was trying to delicately get the glove off of him. So at the time that we are talking here, a few days later, we don't know how significant that injury is. There's nothing official about is it a broken hand, and if if how long he would be out because of that, we'll we'll wait and see. But definitely some toughness and and an overall uh, great performance. Um, what, let's say all things being equal, it's not a serious injury. What's the speculation? What have you heard? What do you think about what's next for Jamal Charlo, uh, down the road? What do you think? Yeah, great question. I talked to Ronnie Shields first and foremost about the hand and right now they're getting x-rays. So let's throw that out there. They're getting x-rays. We're, we're awaiting a, um, a report on if the hand is broken or if it's sprained or what have you. We and do if know I can it's interject, a, they may want a second opinion. They may have a couple of hand specialists look at it as to what to do. Is it fractured? Do we need surgery? They're they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna obviously have a couple of people do this, and that's why it's taking some time, right? Yes, yes, yep. Great point, TJ. You do. You want to get a second opinion on it um, because this could affect the immediate future plans of. Jamal and him defending his, uh, you know, his new belt at 160, the WBC title that he has now, and uh, that's going to help him with his bargaining power. When you talk about setting up, you know, potential fights against the Canelo Alvarez's of the world or the Triple G's of the world, you know, the cream of the crop at 160. Of course, we know they are. Um, so yeah, we're waiting on the report to come back on that. Um, in regards to what's next for Charlo, Charlo said, "Look, I want to get right back in the gym." I love that. I love the fact you have a top fighter. You know, in my opinion, he's definitely a top 20 fighter in the world, hands down. Um, He's, he's, he's established that he's 29 and 21 knockouts. And he said, I want to get right back in the gym. He told the fans, I want to get right back in the gym. And I think a, a fight, if he, I mean, he wants to fight Canelo. Let's be realistic now. I don't think he gets that fight this year in September because we know Canelo wants to fight September 14th, Mexican Independence Day. But I think Charles should go back to the gym, to the drawing board, and maybe um, look at one of these, you know, I, poss- I personally wouldn't mind seeing Charlo fight a fighter like a Callum Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's mentioned that name to, for Charlo, but I wouldn't mind seeing him fight, you know, a Callum Smith. I wouldn't mind um, seeing him fight a guy like, um, I know he beat him already, but I wouldn't mind seeing him fight J-Rock now. Julian Williams, and I know Charlo did knock him out in the fifth round a year back in 2017. Um, he he knocked you know he knocked Julian out. But right. the reason I wouldn't mind seeing that fight again is because Julian said he wants that fight again. He wants to try to redeem his loss. And don't forget, Julian Williams has a major title. He just beat um, he just beat uh, Jared Hurd at 154. So I think those are just a couple names, TJ, that I think possibly could uh could be in the good future. for Charlo. No, sure. we get those well, we really and don't let's know. see and let's see how healthy he is uh and how long he has to be laid up if 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 at all here in the next in in the next few weeks or so all right so another reason that i have you here is uh canelo alvarez what you mentioned that name uh all the speculation has been that he's trying to fight triple g for a third fight we then began to hear over the last few weeks two or three weeks uh, Dan Raphael of ESPN had the story first that he's trying to fight Kovalev, Sergey Kovalev, as a light heavyweight fighting at 175 for Kovalev's belt. Apparently, they are not able to come to terms in part because Golden Boy Promotions, here we go again with promoters getting in the way of big fights, 
uh, doesn't want to give Kovalev the money that he thinks he deserves. And so now it's like a, it's like a scramble. It's like a fallback. They're looking for an opponent. And interestingly, this is another good reason why we have you here. Jaime Munguia, a, a Mexican fighter, may end up being uh, the opponent here for Canelo Alvarez at the end of this. The reports are now from a lot of the boxing media that Canelo has zeroed in on that's the possible new opponent they could be fighting this fall. Munguia is a 154-pound champion, and you saw him earlier this year in Houston as well. So I, I guess first, what do you make of all of the the antics right now from Canelo, Golden Boy, and the opponent, and, and the opponent may end up being Munguia, a 154-pound champion. What do you make of all this, Antoine? Oh, man, it, TJ, it's a circus right now with, with the Canelo sweepstakes. You know, let me tell you, they have um, – just let me throw out some of the names and you did a wonderful job of just naming some of the top priority lists with Munguia being maybe near the top, if not at the top right now. Uh, it's, the reason I say it's a circus is because first of all, they were talking Canelo triple G as if that fight was going to happen in September. Then there, be, there, there became a big scramble um, saying that triple G didn't want to fight Canelo in Vegas because, you know, he got robbed on the scorecards twice and, that they that those those negotiations fell through, so then they moved on and said, "Okay, we're going to look at Canelo fighting, possibly Sergey Kovalev." Which I'll tell you right now, that's a bad move. There's no way I think Canelo should move up to 175 and fight a killer like the Crusher, Sergey Kovalev. Sergey Kovalev has pretty much beaten everybody impressively, with the exception of Andre Ward twice, and then he got you know caught on the chin by that kid Alvarez, and then he came back and and redeemed his, his loss. So I think that's a bad move, TJ, to go up and fight Kovalev. Um, but let's move on to your, to, to your question. I think Jaime Munguia would be a good fight for Canelo. His handlers, Canelo's handlers, are looking at two things. And I've been saying this. They're looking at the fact Jaime Munguia is a 154-pounder. So he's a junior middleweight. He is a big kid, but he'd be moving up to 160, a weight he's never fought at. To my, to my knowledge, he's never fought at 160. So Canelo has all the, um, probably the advantages because Canelo's now been at 160 for at least a year or so. Um, so I think that's going to help Canelo. And secondly, I think Canelo, Oscar De La Hoya is smart. He's a businessman. TJ, he knows that Munguia struggled in his last fight with Dennis Hogan, fought the kid. Yep. And a lot of people said Dennis Hogan won that fight. They said he outboxed Munguia. Munguia has defensive liabilities. He gets hit on the chin quite often. And, you <laughs> Which know, is not oh, a good recipe if you're fighting Canelo. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Canelo's going to stand there in the phone booth, and Canelo does have a nice jab as well. So I think that, that uh, De La Hoya looked at that fight and said, wait a minute, Hogan maybe beat my beat my fighter or if not beat him fought him to a uh to the closest you know closest he's ever been in, in a war so why not throw my young lion in my guy that has a 10 fight 350 million dollar deal with the zone who should be able to beat this kid and i think that's what de la hoya is looking at de la hoya would not have made that fight a year ago there's no way so some people said look they said hey go He's going to ruin Munguia's career early on by putting him in there with Canelo. And I think that's a fight that, that's, uh, in my opinion, would, would, be, um, would be favorable for Canelo. But, you know, this is boxing, TJ. Anything could happen. One punch can, can dim your lights out. So right. that's what's going on with it. I think Munguia, if I had to say right now, I'd say there's two guys 
that are leading the uh, the sweepstakes for to land that fight against Canelo in September. And I would say that those two guys would be Jaime Munguia and the other one, TJ. This may surprise you. I would say Demetrius Bubu Andrade just got thrown into the mix. Right. And he just looked very impressive last week against uh, Suleki when he um, got the twelve round. He right, right, right. Yep, yep. He beat him up. So I think. And and by the way, this is breaking news. Andrade, uh, within the last week here, he just got an offer. According to uh, to Golden Boy, he just got an offer for Canelo. Now we'll see whether or not he accepts. But I think that's. I will tell you this, TJ. I think that's a dangerous fight to put Canelo into a to a to a uh, ring with a guy who just fought a week ago. He's a true boxer. He's 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 been fighting at sixty. You know he's been fighting at one hundred and sixty uh, here recently. I think he just moved up to one hundred and sixty. So he has some experience fighting at that weight. I think that's a dangerous fight, TJ. If 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 Andre gets that, if you know. So yes, we'll see what happens. Uh, voice of Antoine Williams with me for a few more minutes. I want to talk to him more about the greatest of all time, Boxing Promotions, which is his promotional outlet in Houston. Does a great job with young fighters and building uh, building up relationships right now in Houston. He's he's up and running. I want to talk to him more about that in a second. One more thing on Munguia. Again, you saw him in person in January in his title fight win, the fight immediately before the title defense win over Hogan. Um, if Munguia would have any shot moving up against Canelo, what would the reason or reasons be? Does he have enough punch? Can, can he box well enough and score well enough to get a decision? What, what shot would he have? And, and maybe you think it's none at all, but what shot would he have, have having seen him? Yeah, of course. He does have a shot. I mean, he's undefeated. He's 33-0, 26 knockouts. That's the shot right there, 26 knockouts. In 33 fights, that's not bad. That's, you know, sure. at least 75% KO percentage, which not very many fighters have that these days. And keep in mind, the shot he has is because he's young, he's undefeated, he doesn't know how to lose, and something that should matter, he fights for Mexico. <laughs> so he's, he's from Mexico. So that's a, you have this Mexican war now. You have Canelo being from Mexico. He's the hottest star in boxing from Mexico. And then you have Munguia, who wants to replace Canelo, being that they're both from the same place. So that's his shot right there. He wants to prove something. It's yep. just like the old, it's when you had Puerto Rico versus Mexico. You had Margarito versus Cotto. You had Marquez versus, you know, you had all these great uh, wars, and that's his shot. I do think I've I seen that fight uh, against Inouye here in Houston. And I tell you what, this Inouye kid, by the way, he has a chin. That kid walked through everything Munguia took. I'm sorry, he, he threw and kept coming. I think the reason that uh, Munguia would have his best shot against Canelo is because Munguia throws bombs. He's not going to out-jab Canelo. He's not going to out-technique Canelo. You his really shot, believe, can I interject, you really believe he could hit yeah. hard enough at 160 moving up to be a threat to Canelo? You really believe that? Yeah, I do. Here's Because and, and his only chance, I think, his only chance, TJ, really looking back at some of the fights I've seen is because he really doesn't get tired. Um, I, I want to go back and, and count the copy box uh, for the fight here in Houston against anyway. I, I want to say maybe those guys threw off the top of my head. I, I want to say maybe they threw over 1500 or 2000, 1500 to 2000 punches, which is a lot of a punches for, yep. for a fight yep. at 154. I think they threw over 1,500 punches, if I'm not mistaken. So 
so yeah, with that being said, I think he really, truly, his best chance is to win a, a, a straight slug slugfest. I don't think you're going to go in there and outbox Canelo and expect to get the fight on the judges' scorecards. I really don't, especially if the fight's in, in Vegas. Uh, you can forget about it. So I think to answer your question, his best chance is to go in there and outslug Canelo. I think he's okay because moving up to 160 shouldn't be a problem. He's a big kid already. He's already outgrowing his frame at 154. So he'll probably come in the ring 170, 175, as will Canelo. So yes, that's I, I still give the edge to Canelo in the fight, let's be honest, but I think Munguia is in the fight, and I'd be, I'd go on record right now and say I'd be surprised if Canelo could stop that kid. I really would. Interesting. All right. Well, and one more on this, uh, and that is, look, he's got the 10-fight deal, Canelo Alvarez we're talking about, with DAZN. He's being paid essentially $30 million a fight. At some, t at some point, the buying public, and I understand the Mexican versus Mexican uh, part of it for the fight with Munguia will be a, a point to hype it in. It's Mexican Independence Day on September 14th, so that's the or in and around that weekend. So that's the that's the reason you would promote that, make that match, make that fight. I get that, but sooner or later, for the fans in this country and for the fans of the sport, he's got that massive deal. You got to start putting credible big names in front of him at least every other fight, and so that's Triple G. The, the Kovalev thing to me is crazy, but another champion at 160, something <laughs> like that, you got you got to have some credibility one more time here, uh, Antoine, w with whoever the opponent is. After the Munguia fight, it needs to be Triple G again for a third time. Settle it once and for all. If I'm the one making the matches, I'm going to wave my magic wand and say that's yeah. the one we got to see. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm with you, TJ. I love that analysis you just gave. I mean, you're right on. We want the boxing public and the hardcore boxing fan and the, the new fans that were converting over from MMA to boxing, we want the best fighting the best. Guess what? Triple G's not getting any Especially younger. Especially if you're stupid. making $30 million a fight guaranteed. Have the $30 million at least every other time be about somebody, be against somebody that has a legitimate chance to beat you or knock you out. Otherwise, the public is going to tune out. They're going to say, why, why do we care that you're going to continue to take soft or easy fights? That's what Floyd Mayweather did towards the end as well. Take softer, easier fights where everything's in your favor because you're guaranteed $20, $30, $40 million per fight. Uh, I think we, we, we can have so much better than that. And that's what I was looking forward to. And hopefully, hopefully if they do this Munguia thing, again, this is me preaching this, they will say soon after that, hey, the next one is the Triple G fight first part of next year. Spring of next year, that's the next one. Okay, then I'm fine with that, Antoine. Yeah, and let me throw in one more thing, TJ. And that's that's... I've heard that talk. Maybe Triple G will get Canelo uh, in the spring or Cinco de Mayo, you know, one or the other. I'm okay with throwing in a, 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 a uh, throwing in the apple cart. And what I mean by that is if we don't get Triple G, I'd be happy by settling for Jermall Charlo. <laughs> and, he, Houston. and I would. I love it. Okay, okay yes. Uh, I'm going to explain my analogy on this. The reason I'm okay with that is Charlo has a belt at one Charlo has the belt, the WBC belt at 160. Charlo's 29 and 0. Charlo's from Houston. Canelo has a huge fan base, right? Um, you know, and and they love him in Texas. You know, he fought several times in San Antonio. You know, against the likes of Austin Trout and different fighters. He fought in Houston against the Kirklands. So he has a great following. We could pack this place out. We could take that fight. We could take Charlo Canelo to Dallas, to Jerry Jones world and pack the place. You know, we could take Canelo 
versus um, Triple G to Dallas. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it. But I'm one of those people that say, if we don't get Triple G, which is the fight I want, I want to see the third fight. I think Triple G beat him the first two times, and I'm sticking to that. But I think if we take, if we can't get Triple G and Canelo, I think at this point, I think the fans would be okay with the Charlo right. Canelo fight. Well, and the other thing, two. I get you. The other thing is you got yep. cross promotion because Golden Boy and DAZN are at complete odds with Al Heyman, Premier Boxing Champions, and and different television networks with Showtime or with Fox. So you'd have to come together on that to make a Charlo Canelo fight happen, or even a Triple G Charlo fight, for example, happen. But those things have been worked out in the past. Let, let's just see. The one thing I keep coming back to and I keep saying is you've got to fight con- you know, credible world championship caliber big name people at least every other time. If this 10 fight deal for Canelo is going to be one occasional big name and three of the other four are against just guys that he handpicks, the public is going to reject that. By and large, they're going to stop watching. They're not going to care. And that doesn't benefit anybody if that's the case. All right, I'm off my soapbox. Uh, I I want to give you a chance one more time to tell us about the greatest of all time boxing promotions. I know you've been doing some events, some sparring events, and some different things with some fighters. You're looking at a possible fight card uh, later this year, first part of next year. Tell the public more about you in the Houston area and the greatest of all time boxing promotions. Plug away, sir. All right, we, we, we will do. So greatest of all time boxing promotions, you know, um, we are definitely excited here in the Texas market. Um, we've had so many uh, great sparring events this year uh, in itself to get a chance to look at some of the, the goal is to look at some of the great new talent that's out here in the state of Texas. Um, we look at everyone from, you know, the pros, uh, the people that have been around. We've, we've had champions there. Um, a couple champions that I that I that's kind of stand out right now to me, uh, D'Angelo Keys. He just went and won two uh, title fights over in the Dominican Republic. So he's actually has a belt at 135 at lightweight as well as 140. He's he's a great talent. Uh, we've had some some of the great up and coming fighters come down from Dallas, uh, Amarillo, Texas. So we're definitely growing. We're excited about the future. Um, we are looking at doing a fight card we don't have the official date yet it could happen it could happen this fall tj if not we're looking at maybe q1 of 2020 because we have so many great things going on here with boxing and 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 big fight weekend and and all the different things we're doing we're trying to spread spread our time around so if you want to get a hold of the goat boxing promotions ways to do that social media contact us hit us up on messenger facebook the goat boxing promotions you can find our business page there. You can always follow me on Instagram at boxing expert 33. And then of course you can always go to my website, the goat Take a look at all our content. Take a look at all of our uh, sparring events. Take a look at all our previous fight cards. Yep. We're definitely excited about the future. We're so thankful to have people like TJ and the big fight weekend supporting us and, and putting help, helping us grow our brand. And, um, Yes, that's the way to get a hold of us. One more thing I want to say. If you're ever a boxer ever a boxer, and you're an amateur and you want to turn pro, reach out to us, the GOAT Boxing Promotions. We, we, we love working with everyone, amateurs. You can be someone that's looking to turn pro and you want to make a name for yourself. So you want to come out and spar with us and, and, and get, some, uh, get some visibility to the general public. That's the way to do it. Contact us, the GOAT Boxing Promotions. 
We love to work with up-and-coming fighters as well as the experienced fighters that are already making a name for themselves in the community. And so even if you're outside of Texas, reach out to us. No problem. We work with fighters all around the world. We're going to continue to build the brand, and we want you, to, we want you guys to be a part of it. So once Love again, it. TJ, thank you again. But the GOAT Boxing Promotions, we're here. We're going to be around for a long time. I can promise you that, TJ. Again, go to thegoatboxingpromotions.com is the website. Find him on social media, on Facebook. Uh, he was mentioning there on Instagram. Uh, and again, if you're in the area, if you're in the region in the southwest, uh, that makes it even better. But uh, Antoine's doing great things. I always love getting to share some time with you, talk some boxing. We'll see. Hopefully Charlo's hand is not too badly injured, Jamal Charlo, from the fight the other night. We'll see. And again, you may already know this if you're hearing this through the weekend. They may announce this fight, Canelo against Munguia or Canelo against somebody else. We'll see where Canelo Alvarez's next fight is going to be and when. We project that it's going to be in September. We'll find out coming up. But Antoine, I always love talking with you. Thank you for spending some time uh, with me uh, here on July 4th weekend as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Hey, thanks, TJ. Thanks for having me on again. I always enjoy it. All right, so there he goes. Love Antoine Williams' insight again. One more time, go to thegoatboxingpromotions.com to find out more about him. Also on Facebook at the Goat Boxing Promotions, uh, based out of Houston, Texas. Always love talking to, to Antoine. I know the, the three of us have been talking amongst each other about these uh, these fights that are going on. Uh, and as he was saying, maybe Charlo gets, gets a crack at Canelo. Uh, again, I think the promotions, the different promoters and the different networks are standing in the way of it. We, we have too much of that going on right now, Marquise, in boxing as I bring you back in. Absolutely, and I don't think personally that Charlo, because the, pretty much Canelo get this franchise tag that was slapped on him pretty much to give Charlo this belt as a, either a Christmas gift early in June or July, but that pretty much all but assumes that he's not in the works anytime soon. But I do hope in regards to these networks, and they do at some point figure the money out, that way we can put more of these fights on that we can all see. Yeah, let's hope so, because uh, again, uh, a possible wilder fight with either Joshua presuming he beats Ruiz in the rematch, or Fury. That's cross-networks, cross-promoters. The same kind of thing here with Golovkin and Canelo being with DAZN and and with their own thing and away from PBC or away from top rank. you you got to try to solve all of it. We can't solve all of it on on this podcast. All right, so we head to the weekend. One more time again, not great fight card action this weekend, but there'll be some decent stuff coming uh, next weekend and then Thurman Pacquiao in two weeks, right? Absolutely. Uh, this weekend, not so much per se. Unless you, uh, I will admit, t- check out the uh, the main event. Yeah, Obali's a, d- a, d- a decent band to take a look at. Uh, next week, Shakir Stevenson's in action out of Jersey. That's going to be fun. He's facing a replacement in Frankie Manzanilla, who originally was supposed to be Horatio Sorcas, but they pulled out for either reasons unknown as the reason that they gave everybody in the media, which is a fancy way of saying the money wasn't right. So. <laughs> So that fights up next. After that, it'll be the weekend before as well with, Pac- with Pacquiao Furman on the 20th. On that 19th, Telefimo Lopez is in action as well, and that's always fun to see because he's facing a title eliminator who, if he comes up on top, will have a chance at Richard Kami for his IBF belt as well. Wow. All right, keep all of it straight. Bigfightweekend.com, whether it is previews, recaps of the fight, historical perspective. Uh, you and I, by the way, were having lunch today, and I showed you the great John the Beast Mugabe, marvelous Marvin Hagler, middleweight title fight, 1986. That sixth round with those two guys beating on each other was like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, wasn't it? 
It was. And not only that, the fact that Maccabi stood there and took what was essentially, as I mentioned on the broadcast, the iron chin that he had, taking wailing shot after shot for about a minute straight is impressive. That, And all you can just see is you want to see Judge Mills Lane try to step in, but he was like, I don't want to get hit with any of this. So he stayed back as far as he could, and they just kept going at it, and it was such a great round. Yeah, that was uh, a great historical fight in Hagler's heyday back in the middleweight division. We've been talking a lot about Canelo, about Triple G, but uh, you know, give uh, give credit where it's due. That um, without a doubt, Marvin Hagler in his day was as menacing a fighter, and that was right after the knockout of Thomas Hearns uh, that he fought Mugabe the next year, and of course the year after in '87 he lost to Sugar Ray Leonard and never fought again after that uh, after that loss. So we love the historical perspective is my point uh, as well on bigfightweekend.com so we encourage everybody to check out the site Marquise plug away where they can find you on social media as well one more time as always, you can find me on social at Week Sauce Radio, all one word, pound for pound, the best Twitter handle in boxing. I challenge anyone to tag me with that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Either way, follow me. I'll even follow you back. How many of other boxing folks are telling you that right now? Either way, if you want to talk to me, find me at Week Sauce Radio or find me at the, on the website as well at Big Fight Weekend. All right, there you go, bigfightweekend.com. Marquise, had a blast. Thanks for hanging out with me. We'll see what happens, not just this with this weekend, but over the next couple of weeks, leading to Thurman Pacquiao on pay-per-view for the World Welterweight title. Looking forward to it, buddy. Absolutely. It's going to be a blast. There is Marquise Johns. I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks also to Antoine Williams, the greatest of all time boxing promotions, also for being with us. We thank you for hanging out. Whether you found this uh, podcast via Red Circle, subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts. Spread the word and go to BigFightWeekend.com to keep track with us as well. That'll do it. For Marquise Johns and Antoine Williams, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the boxing action, what limited there might be this weekend. We'll be back soon with another edition of Big Fight Weekend. Bye.